as was already mentioned, I hope that you're planning on being here for our uh, marriage seminar this coming Saturday. That's this coming Saturday. That means this coming Saturday. Uh, still time to register, but the best time to register is like, you know, now. That'd be great. Or when services are over, one or the other. Uh, so, well, my, my marriage is perfect. We don't have to come. If you think that, ask your spouse and then register for the marriage seminar. Uh, this is not just for those who have struggling marriages, it's for all marriages, because one, we all struggle at times, but also there's always something to learn, there's always an area in which to improve, there's always uh, things to uh, be encouraged by, and so we hope that uh, a great number will decide to register this week. Everything is free, uh, there'll be food, if you have children, there'll be child care, all of it provided, and so uh, let's make sure that we're uh, registering for that and turning out for that. And then uh, also want to mention, not tomorrow, but next Monday, uh, one week from Monday, we still are waiting, figuring out to set the times on this, but uh, VBS is coming up like really soon because we moved it earlier in the summer. And so uh, next Monday afternoon, evening, at some point, we're trying to figure out the exact times. Uh, and this will be a come and go kind of thing. Uh, but if you could come for a little bit of time and uh, help uh, with cutting out visuals and those sorts of things, uh, there's a whole lot of uh, materials and things that need to be cut out and prepped to give to our teachers and, uh, again, we'll have more about that in daily updates and, and uh, bulletin and things. But uh, and it'll be come and go for several hours over the course of the day. If you'd be thinking about that, uh, that'd be very, very helpful. You know, moms sometimes feel as if they just have to go on to their kids all the time. Sometimes it's just a phase of life. Sometimes it's, well, because the kid has to be gotten onto all the time. It's just, just the way it is. There's just those times, those moments or days, or even sometimes it feels like seasons of life, or it feels like it's just... All they're doing is just getting on to their kids. But it's not just human moms who have to get on to their kids. It was the mother spider who looked at her son and said, you're spending way too much time on the web. That's the best one I got for today. Sorry. Did you just sigh, David Dodd? <laughs> I thought I actually heard him. <sighs> <laughs> we are beginning a series of lessons this morning. As many of you know, that we are working through the book of Mark over the next couple of years. We said when you introduced that, that we were regularly going to take breaks from that. We have already, you know, maybe for a week or so, but this is going to be an extended break from the book of Mark uh, that will begin today and uh, run all the way through late June when Father's Day is. By the way, Father's Day is in June. I thought I'd let you know June 18th is Father's Day. Father's Day is June the 18th this year. Just want to make sure you know, Father's Day is June the 18th. But this series of lessons will deal with the Christian home. We're calling this series of lessons Grounded. And in the subtitles, you may be able to see there on the screen, and may have already seen the bulletin and elsewhere, one of the key words there is the word wisdom. And the reason we chose that overall title, Grounded, and then use that word wisdom as sort of the, the subtitle, is because each of the lessons in this series of lessons yes, deals with a Christian home, but they're all based on texts found in the wisdom literature of the Old Testament. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. And so we, we want to tie all of our thoughts. We'll mention other verses, of course, along the way in, in all these lessons, probably. But each, each one will be based on something found in that, that Old Testament wisdom literature that hopefully will encourage us in, in our homes. And I'll begin this morning as we think about mothers and 
We're going to be looking at the book of Proverbs, which you may have thought was kind of strange. And here we are in the book of Proverbs, sing out mothers, and we didn't read from chapter 31. I don't know how many congregations this morning around the world will be thinking about that last chapter of the book of Proverbs, that virtuous woman passage. And it's a beautiful text for a lot of times of the year, especially this particular day. It's one that I've used before on Mother's Day and probably will again. But sometimes we want so much to jump to that very last chapter in Proverbs on this day or just when we think about Christian ladies or Christian mothers that we forget there is all sorts of wisdom found in the previous chapters they're just as applicable and just as helpful, even if it's not as concentrated in one particular text as you have in that very last chapter. And so we're calling our lesson this morning, Ten Proverbs for Mothers that are not in chapter 31. And by the way, putting this PowerPoint together, I can't wait for Father's Day because I'm about tired of pink and flowers. But I want us simply to, to walk through some different texts that are found in this book of wisdom that hopefully will encourage every mother or those who would like to be mothers one day. And since there are so many of them, and, and this is nowhere near all of them we could talk about, there are dozens and dozens and dozens we could consider. But since we are considering ten, I want us to spend a little bit of extra time on the first one, which will be our text from Proverbs 3, if I'm going to be turning there. And then having sort of laid that foundation from that little bit longer reading, we will simply go through the other nine quite rapidly. Because, partially because, when you read through the book of Proverbs, sometimes we get so detailed in trying to figure out what the proverb means that we miss that it means what it says. That's one of the beauties of this book. Is Yes, there's interpretation to do at times and just some thinking to do, but for sure there's application to do, but the usually is not that difficult. And so hopefully by, by laying down that initial principle from Proverbs 3, then we continue on the lesson, we can not hurriedly, but more quickly move through the others just a way of practical, a practical nature. So the first one is Proverbs chapter 3, verses 13 through 20, which reminds us all, but specifically this morning mothers, to, to seek wisdom. As you likely know, Proverbs is famous for just those very short statements, maybe one verse, maybe two verses that talk about something, and it jumps from subject to subject to subject. But that's not really how the book of Proverbs begins. Because the opening several chapters of Proverbs really contains some fairly, by comparison, lengthy discussions specifically of what wisdom is and what wisdom will do for a person if they seek wisdom, if they apply wisdom, and, and all those sorts of things. And this is found in that section of Proverbs where it's an extended discussion of the idea of wisdom and of seeking wisdom. And making sure that that is a priority in life. And it's only fitting, really, if you think about it, that Solomon is the one who would write or collect these particular works. Because you might recall when, when Solomon uh, became the king, he was asked by God, if I paraphrase, what would you like in order to announce you're becoming a king? And Solomon, by the way, in wisdom, asked for wisdom. I think it says something about Solomon himself that he showed a level of wisdom in what he requested because he basically said, again, I'm paraphrasing, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to be just and fair to the people. And so give your servant a wise and discerning or wise and understanding heart that I can properly lead the people. And you recall then that God blessed him with that wisdom that surpassed comparison with anyone in the entire world. But God also blessed him with other things because of the, the humility and the wisdom he showed in making that request. He, he gave him 
great riches. He gave him a long life. He gave him peace and so many other things. And I think that's interesting in part as you bring it to the book of Proverbs. Because what Proverbs basically does is live that out through writing. Because Solomon himself will spend several chapters at the beginning basically laying down the case for here's why wisdom is important, here's what wisdom is, and those sorts of things. And then once we kind of have that in our mind, then I'm ready to receive these simply read, not simple, but simply read statements of wisdom found throughout the book. Mothers, is that what you're seeking first? Are you seeking the wisdom of God above the other types of things that Solomon was granted? Things like riches and uh, good health and those sorts of things. Because when you read Proverbs, when you get into the second part of the book where it's all those quick statements, there are many of those that deal with those other kinds of things. There's Proverbs, for example, about not, not seeking wealth hastily and other things like that. That only can be possible if I understand what wisdom really is. Solomon is writing, basically, what he was granted. That if I have wisdom, then these other things, if we may put it this way, have a better chance of occurring, or that they'll, they'll be there if God decides to bless me with them. I want you to put your eyes on one particular verse in this reading. Proverbs 3, verse 17. Because in this section, you may know, Solomon personifies wisdom. He calls wisdom a her or a she. And he says, her, that is wisdom's ways, are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. Moms here feel like your home is not a place of pleasantness and not a place of peace. One way to begin changing that is to seek God's wisdom. But by the way, everyone in the home needs to be seeking the same thing. It's not going to change just because you're seeking it. You have a better chance of it. But if everyone in that home is seeking the wisdom of God, there's a much better chance of it being a place of pleasantness, a place of peace. Now, having laid down that foundation, let's look at several other Proverbs that will hopefully encourage our mothers. Number two, don't put up with things that are wrong. In Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 23, Solomon writes something that... We would word a different way probably, but that we still need in our culture big time. He wrote these words. Doing wrong is like a joke to a fool, but wisdom is pleasure to a man of understanding. Now the reason I chose that one for Mother's Day is because of what I so often see on social media. Let me, my kid's doing something wrong, so let me get out my cell phone and take a video of them of me laughing and saying, isn't that cute? It's not cute. Solomon says it's foolishness to think that doing wrong is a joke. To think that doing wrong is just something to laugh at and, and find some level of happiness and joy. It's, it's not. But so often, because it's so maybe out of character for the kid or they're doing something, it's like, whoa, we, we begin to just kind of laugh at it and think it's no big deal. It is a big deal. Doing wrong is something that is not ever to be celebrated. And if we begin to celebrate that in a way, laugh at that when our, when our kids are small, what do you think they're going to do as they age and continue to grow? It's, it's just a joke. It's no big deal. We need to make sure that what we, if you please, celebrate is the second part of that verse. The seeking of godly wisdom. Seeking the right kinds of things. We don't need to be people who, who put up with wrong, especially not people who celebrate. And actually, it's just funny or cute. It's not. It's wrong. 
And we'd be very firm and serious about those sorts of things. Three, show some grace. Look at Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 16, especially the first part of the verse. The verse in full reads, A gracious woman gets honor, and violent men get riches. The first part of the verse is the key. And the first part of that verse may stand out a little bit in our, in our culture because we, we don't typically give honor very much, sadly, to women who are truly women of grace. Now, if we're trying to do what's right, hopefully we do. But also looking at it from a heavenly perspective, God will. And the word, by the way, translated gracious, I know some other translations, because it can also mean things like beauty and those sorts of things. But the idea behind the word is, is twin ideas. One of them is elegance, the other is kindness. That's what's found behind that word. Put those two concepts again in that verse, that a gracious, an elegant, a kind woman gets honor. And if you notice, Solomon didn't put a time stamp on that. A woman who's gracious just when things are going great. Moms, I know that there are days where at the end of the day, it's hard to be elegant and kind. It's hard to be gracious. There are times where, where nerves are frayed. There are times where things are difficult. There are just demands on time and demands on, on your attention, demands on your energy that make it difficult. But a gracious woman gets honor. One who is able to do things with, with, with just that, and this may sound like a strange phrase, but I mean it, a, a godly elegance, a kindness that's unexplainable really in the world around us. Are you living that kind of life before your children, in your home, and before others? Four. is Proverbs chapter 12, and it's two verses that are very nearly connected. Verse 19 and verse 22. And if you've read Proverbs before, you know there are dozens of other Proverbs that deal with, with truthfulness or lying or similar subjects. But I chose these two because they are so close together. And most Bibles are going to be on the same opening, not in the same column. Both of them dealing with speaking the truth. Proverbs 12.19 says, Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. And then verse 22, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are His delight. And you may think, well, that, that, that's a couple of Proverbs that's more for a lesson on parenting. You know, always teach your kids to, to be truthful and to, to not lie. And that's certainly needed and necessary all the time including for us who are adults, including for those of us who are parents, including those who are mothers. Are we always honest? Is everything that we do something as rock solid in truthfulness? When the day has been really, really long and the phone rings one more time, are you tempted moms to tell the truth about why you cannot talk right now? Are you tempted to just kind of make, make up a story? Or are you always honest? When somebody comes to the door, are you tempted to say, go tell them I'm not here? Or are you always honest? If you're the one who does or helps with things like taxes and things, are you always honest with what goes on those forms? Your children see if you are honest in everything you do. 
Always. Don't just teach your children. Don't just say to your children, always tell the truth, always be honest. But you do it yourself. Make sure that your word is exactly what it should be at all times. No matter how tired, no matter how afraid or frustrated you might be. Five. Seek wise help. This is the second of three, by the way. They're going to come back to the concept of, of wisdom which we, with which we began. But I really like this one because it doesn't just talk about having some kind of wisdom. It makes it more of a pursuit. In Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 20, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Moms, do you ever feel alone? And you're going, no, because there's always kids around. I'm not talking about that. Do you ever kind of feel like you're the only one dealing with this stuff? Do you ever kind of feel emotionally alone? Nobody else understands this situation. Nobody understands what I'm going through in this stage of life. Nobody understands what I'm going through with, with this child and what they're doing. I think every mom would say, yeah, I've felt that before. Even though there's people around, children around, husband around, even though I'm with people from time to time at church or at work or whatever, emotionally or psychologically, whatever the right word is, I kind of feel alone. Put this verse in your toolbox. Seek out godly wisdom. Notice I did not say, go to a Facebook group and ask, how do I deal with... Please don't do that. Because you're going to get 54,000 answers that are all different. And you're going to be more frustrated at the end than you were at the beginning. But also, don't just go to someone else who's going through the same thing. Go to someone who has gone through. Remember Titus chapter 2? That the older women are to teach the younger women. And one, a couple of the things on the list are to love their husbands and to love their children. I find it fascinating that Paul writes that's a taught skill. Teach the younger women to love their husbands, love their children. Moms, if you're going through a difficult time, seek out an older, godly lady and ask for her wisdom. Be specific. Here's what I'm dealing with. She may tell you something you don't want to hear. But if she's a godly lady, she's doing that because she knows it's the best thing, the wisest thing, the most godly counsel that she can give. So listen. And older ladies, by the way, don't shun a mom just because you think, well, she should know better. Teach the younger women to love their husbands, love their children. It's a taught skill, at least in part. Seek the wisdom. And Solomon says when you do, you become wise yourself. How beautiful is that? Which, by the way, facilitates Titus 2 happening again. Because one of these days, you're going to be that older godly lady. And some younger mother is going to come to you and say, how do I deal with it? And you're going to be able to pour into their lives. Because now you are the one with wisdom. Gained from the ages and the wisdom and the struggles of life. Six. Discipline strongly. Proverbs 13.24 is a very controversial proverb. I understand that. But I wanted to include it here because it does deal with discipline. And I know it really deals more with the, the masculine side of things. In fact, Hebrews chapter 12 will bring it forward to the New Testament dealing with it. 
uh, dealing with discipline as far as a, a father goes. We'll talk more about that in just a second. But Proverbs 13.24 famously says, Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Now before we get to what it means, think about how the Hebrews writer would bring that forward. The Hebrews writer in Hebrews chapter 12 would basically admit, we don't get this right all the time. Right? We had earthly fathers who disciplined us as seemed best to them. In other words, it's saying, parents aren't going to get this right all the time. Some people look at that verse and say, is that verse teaching that, that spanking is okay? I believe it is, by the way. But even if you don't, that's what makes it controversial. Even if you don't, there's no way to miss the, the impact of the verse saying that, the puni that punishment needs to be strong. Whatever you want to read into that, the rod and those sorts of things. It needs to be something that is truly a deterrent that really is difficult. The word punishment implies this should not be very pleasant, by the way, for the parent or the child. But it's something that should not be pleasant at all. And why? Because you love the child. He who spares the rod spoils his son. That's not what Proverbs 13.24 says, is it? He who spares the rod hates his son. Counting to three doesn't hurt very much. I told you to pick that toy up. You got one, two, I told you one, two, two and a half, pick it up, one. Discipline should be severe. Phones need to be taken away. Car keys need to be revoked. Trips need to be canceled. Friends need to be unfriended. It's not easy. And we're never going to do it perfectly. But it's because we love our kids. And we want to see the, the long view of overcoming those difficulties and growing closer to God and closer to being what God would have that child to be as they age. Seven. Another one that deals with wisdom. But I chose this one because it specifically includes the, the voice or the, the, uh, the implication of a lady. Proverbs 14, verse 1. The wisest of women builds her house, but folly with her own hands tears it down. I wanted to include this, like I said, because it talks about a woman, but also because it, it also talks about staying with it. The wisest of women builds a house. That takes a while to, to build a house, to build a home, to build influence, and all those sorts of things by wisdom. But then it also makes, makes the point that basically a moment of folly can tear it all down. And you know as well as I do, no matter your role in life, a parent, not a parent, a, a leader of some kind, whatever it happens to be, rebuilding something in wisdom takes a whole lot longer than building something in wisdom. Because now we have to put back so many things of, of trust and other things that, that deal with that. We have a little more wisdom now because we mess things up. But regaining trust and regaining influence and those sort of things takes a whole lot longer than it does to build it. And so the, the point here is to stick with the idea of making sure that we're seeking God's wisdom no matter what we're, we're going through. 
stay wise. Don't just say, well, I had it all figured out back then, but now I'm X number of years old, or now my kids are this age, or now my kids are growing out of the house. I can just live however I want to live. No, stay wise. Don't let moments of folly undo all the wise and good and godly things you've done for all of those years so that people can continue to look at you and look to you as a person of God, godly wisdom and godly grace. Number eight. It's going to be a very strange one. Avoid alcohol. And you think, this is a Mother's Day sermon? It seems like a very, very strange verse to put on a Mother's Day sermon. Or it might have been just a few years ago. But in Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 1, Solomon said, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is a brawler, and whoever is deceived by it, or whoever is deceived thereby, is not wise. I'm not sure if I had preached this same sermon ten years ago, I would have included this particular proverb. Now I feel like I have to. Because not that I do this, but you go into a boutique, not that I ever do that. But you look at the t-shirts, you look at the pillows, you look at the kitchen towels and those sorts of things that are for moms and women and what do so many of them Say, I need my wine time. I've got to unwind, and, and wine will help me do that. When the Bible clearly says, wine is a mocker, and whoever is deceived by it is not wise. Instead of going to those sorts of things, and yes, there are days when Winding, unwinding, when, when trying to get over difficulties is hard. No one's saying it's easy. But there are godly ways to work through that stress and that difficulty. Spending time in prayer. Spending time in the Word. Seeking out that older Christian will help unwind, will help overcome the stress and difficulty. Instead of going to something the Bible specifically says is not wise and will be ruinous in the end. Number nine, remember the long game. You figured at some point in this whole series, whether it's today's lesson or somewhere, since we're going to be in the wisdom literature, you, you figured Proverbs 22 and 6 was going to come up. But I want to use it here for maybe a little bit different emphasis than sometimes is given. Train up a child in the way he, he, uh, he should go, and when he's old, even when he's old, he will not depart from it. You've heard me say before, if you've been here for a while, I've mentioned Proverbs 22 6. I've got some friends who know Hebrew. I don't. But they, I've asked them specifically if this is true. I heard it said one time, and they said, yes, it is true. That uh, he will not depart from it can also be translated as it will not depart from him. In other words, the teaching, the training that that child received is up here somewhere. Even if that child does walk away from the faith or, or leave their walk, their, their parents try to instill in them, it's still up here somewhere. And that should give a whole lot of comfort to parents who maybe have some children who are rebellious or have walked away from the faith. And it's still up there somewhere. But the reason I wanted to include it here is because that verse is giving the emphasis of looking beyond the day. So much of parenting, so much of motherhood sometimes feels like just putting out fires. 
We're going from this activity to that, that activity. There, there's this to do and that to do. When our, our children are really small. There's just so many needs they have as they get older. They, they've got this activity and that activity. I'm trying to teach them this and do that. And it's just It seems like we're just putting out fires all the time. But that verse reminds us, to what end are we doing those things? Train a child the way he should go. Which way should he go? Toward heaven. Instead of just putting out fires, try to find something every day that points a child toward heaven. Do something every day that says, that's the way I want you to go. And number 10, Proverbs 28, verse 13, confess sins. And again, this may seem like a strange one, but I'll explain why it's on here in just a second. In Proverbs 28, verse 13, we read these words. Whoever conceals his transgression will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. I chose this proverb out of dozens of others I thought about because of the pressure so many moms face in our culture to think they have to be perfect. A, no one is. <laughs> and B, the expectation is to be like Christ as much as possible. And sometimes that means that there's going to be something that, that a mom does that's not right. I know that's hard to believe on Mother's Day, but it's true. Sometimes mo even mothers do things that, that aren't right. Confess that. Sometimes it means confessing it to your own children. Honey, mommy messed this up. But, but I'm going to do better. Sometimes maybe it means confessing something to your spouse. I, I, I didn't do right by our kids, and I, and I need your help. I need your forgiveness, but help so we can, we can do better in this particular area. Sometimes it might be confessing that older Christian that you're, you're walking with and saying, I, I messed this up. I sinned in this way. And I need to do better. What, give me some godly counsel. Pray with me. Encourage me. Whatever it is. But Solomon says that if you don't do that, you won't prosper. But notice he doesn't qualify the prosper. Even in the home, there'll be a lack of prosperity. Not necessarily financial prosperity. But that home being all that it can be to the glory of God. Are there other Proverbs we can list? Of course. You, you, in fact, you may be sitting there thinking of three, four, five, six others. There are, we really could take pretty much all of them in some way, you know, some way, shape, or form and apply. I get that. And you may think, well, Adam just cherry-picked ten. Yeah, he did in some ways. But I try to pick some that hopefully were, were befitting of the culture in which we live, but also encouraging of to, to, to encourage our mothers to walk higher, walk better than the world around them. We are blessed here to have so many moms who are doing their best to be Christian moms. We are blessed here to have moms who, whose children are, are grown, but they're still moms. And they still walk in that, that gracious elegance and kindness and wisdom. And they're pouring into future generations that wisdom of God. And for each and every one of you who's striving to do that, whether you're right in the middle of it with little kids or teenagers, or whether your time with children in the home is done and, and you, now you're just you're doing your best to help others, we give God the glory for you. It's not easy. But moms, it's worth it. It's worth it. And it's worth it because God places value 
God places a premium. God places blessing on you doing your very best to help your children know Him. Don't give up. Make sure that every step you take and every word you say is one of honesty, kindness, grace, discipline, and wisdom that leads that child closer to Jesus. And just maybe, just maybe, you'll be inside the pearly gate. And a child will say thank you. If that's not enough to say it's worth it, I don't know what is. Thank you, moms. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that you have given us your word and that through your word you've given us guidance and wisdom and help for every arena and every aspect of our lives. And Father, we're thankful that you've done that for every relationship that we have, every role that we have, and especially on this day, we're thankful that you've given us wisdom and guidance and help for those who have this wonderful, wonderful role this wonderful responsibility, this very strong responsibility of being a mother. Father, we give you the thanks and the praise for each one of those in this room. Whether children are still at home or whether children are grown and gone, we pray that they feel blessed and honored on this day and that they continue to press forward, even if things may be difficult for them in this moment. We pray they'll seek your wisdom They'll seek your guidance, and they'll seek to please you. In Jesus' name, amen. The best kind of mother is a Christian mother. The best kind of person is a Christian. Are you one? Have you believed in Jesus? Have you repented of your sins? Have you confessed that Jesus is Lord? Have you been immersed, baptized for the forgiveness of your sins? If not, today is the day to do that. But if you have and something is amiss in your life and you simply need encouragement because you're down or discouraged, we'd love to pray with you for forgiveness or to build you up. Whatever your need is, will you come? Always stand and sing to encourage you.